0: I'm your host, Sarah Boss, and welcome to Attainable Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Attainable Podcast. Uh, For those who are new, my name is Sarah Boss. For those who are not new, hello. Uh, I am your bestie girlfriend, your internet best friend, your internet grandma. We've got a lot of um, some new... Uh, titles around here. New one is goober. I've now been started. People started to call me goober, which is also fine. Uh, I'm extremely glad that you're here. And guys, this is episode 90 episode 90, which means episode hundred is coming soon. Like I, so I did the, the counting on the calendar. And I think if I counted right, that episode hundred is on June 11th, which is the day after my birthday. So, I'm going to, you guys, tell me what we should do. I feel like we should do something really cool. I love throwing parties. How can we throw like a virtual party? I think it'd be so much fun. Um, I really think we should like do the damn thing since it's like birthday, 100th episode. It's a big deal. It's in the summer, which is like the best. Um, so, anyway, but we are at episode 90. And today it is Lazy Ass Guide to Minimalism. Oh, that's what we are talking about. And Here's the thing here's, what, here's why I call it lazy ass guide to minimalism. If you follow me on TikTok, then you get a, a small view of what my house looks like. You could probably tell, like, we do not look like a minimalism household. And as much as I would like to live in a tiny house, that's been furnished by an Ikea addict with an anxiety disorder that's really not how like it's not realistic especially moving into a new house moving in with my fiance joseph like our styles are merging our stuff is merging and the the stark minimalism lifestyle really is is unless it's it's your job it's not realistic um and but i like the the way that minimalism gives me the freedom to be lazy and here's what i mean by that so the less I have, like there's the less to put put away. There's uh, less looking for things. And I call it like lazy leisure living. That's what I like about minimalism. I I adopted minimalism-esque, we'll say ish, uh, like some practices back in college. And they've just kind of continued to stack on those like practices and habits and a lifestyle um, that's now just kind of become second nature and how we live. So I'm going to be talking about some things that you can do and you can like things that you can adopt in your household or in your life that makes minimalism or a lazy leisure living easier because the whole point is for me. And I think this is what minimalism really, um, like accomplishes is it gives you brain space. That's the, that's what you're trying to accomplish with minimalism or, you know, bringing in any like of those minimal practices. It's not just like decluttering your house, which is also very nice. Like we can go Marie Kondo up in here or whatever, but it's about decluttering your mind. If I'm not having to make decisions about like the small things or um, try to find things and spending mental energy looking for things. If I'm walking into a room and i see a bunch of stuff as even though that stuff is on the outside it is physical it still takes up mental space and if i'm not having to utilize or if if i don't have that room in my brain space then i'm not having better ideas i can't be as creative i'm not having as much fun like there is a giant difference when i like actively practice minimalism. We for for example, the garage. We just cleared out the garage and the garage was so, I mean, garages tend to be kind of a place where things just get dumped. But now I you know, we put everything away, everything's got a place, all the type of things. Got rid of crap that's been sitting there for months that we needed to get rid of and we haven't. And I went in to get gardening stuff. I knew exactly where to get it. I was not wasting time, energy or brain space looking for it. I wasn't getting frustrated. And I was like, oh my goodness, the difference it makes just to have things in a place and not have other things that are cluttering my, you know, the the things I'm looking at or what's around me. It makes a huge difference in, in your mental space. So that's what, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, we're not going, I'm I'm not going to be telling you to like throw all your shit away and live in a shipping container. Let's get that out of the way because I don't even do that. Um, this is going to be telling you to be me telling you the most impactful, like minimalistic, sustainable practices that I've adopted over the years that makes life just easier to live and usually more environmentally friendly as well. Those usually go hand in hand. So we're going to do this in list form because we love lists. Um, and that also kind of goes on theme. So first thing that I did when I started like the minimalism living back in college was I redid my wardrobe and this is typically where everybody starts. Um, and everybody's like, you know, pick up something and make it, you know, does it make me feel joy? Like, and that's very nice and that might work for some people, but I kind of, uh, thought of it a different way. And I think because of the different practices with my wardrobe that I adopted way back then, that's what has allowed me to keep it up today. I have about the same size wardrobe as I did in college when I cleared everything out, and I could fit it in a very small dorm closet. Um, so when I was when I was doing this, and I looked at my closet, I had so many things that I didn't wear, and I noticed this when I was packing for vacation. So you know when you are packing your suitcase, and like what do you put in your suitcase when you are looking at your suitcase and you're packing for vacation? you pick your favorite items. Like you're not going to just grab anything. You know, you have those staples in your mind that if you're going somewhere, you bring them your favorite t-shirt, your favorite shorts, whatever. And I was like, wait, hold on. Why would I have something in my closet that isn't my favorite and that I wouldn't want to take with me? I was like, if, if it's not coming in the suitcase where, you know, I, I think I like have this like limited amount of stuff. And so I want to take only things that I love. I was like, why do I have anything in my closet that I don't like absolutely love? So I did a hard clear out, a hard clear out. And I only kept the things that I loved and the things that I would take with me in my suitcase. And that was kind of, that was like how I thought about it. If it wasn't going into my suitcase as a favorite item and a staple item that I would want to bring with me if I was backpacking in Europe or whatever, then it didn't belong in my closet. But then to maintain this, I adopted some like general practices when shopping, because it's one thing to have the really fun, like clear out um, every spring where you're like, oh, I'm going to get rid of so many clothes. It's going to be so great. And then come next spring, like you have the same exact problem. So you have to adopt other practices. And okay, we just got rid of a bunch of stuff. We have this ideal closet. It's everything that we love. This is amazing. Now, how are we going to handle bringing new items in? So a couple of rules. Um, that I have while shopping. One, I shop a lot less. Um, but that's kind of, you know, that's so easy for some people, hard for some people. So when you are going shopping, I want you to think about something, and here's here's what I want you to think about. Just because it's cute on doesn't mean you have to have it. There are plenty of things in any store that are going to look fabulous on you. I would bet most things look iconic on you. You could put on a dress and it could be stunning. Here's the thing. It may not be your style. You may not have places to wear it. Like, you know what I mean? There is, I'll go shopping and I'll put things on, especially like when I'm trying out new trends or styles or like whatever. But there, if I'm not getting what I call the feeling, which we'll talk about in a second. If I don't see it and immediately know, oh, this is where I would wear this. This feels very me. Then I don't buy it. Um, I feel like if something, if you put something on and we look good in it, we immediately want to buy it. And like, it's, that's great. That's awesome that you look at, And I hope that you feel good. And if you get that, you know, the feeling, then absolutely buy it. But you can also just take a picture of how hot you are in the TJ Maxx mirror and then put it back knowing that it may look good on, but you really don't have anywhere to wear it. I've done that so many times or put something on. I was like, Oh, this is, this is very like beautiful. Like I feel really pretty. I feel really cute, whatever, but I know I don't have, I don't have anywhere to wear it. And I know I wouldn't reach for it in my closet on, you know, weekly basis or whatever. So I take a picture to commemorate. Yep. This dress looked gorgeous. And we're putting it back, and that's kind of it. So let's talk about the feeling a little bit. And I think that it's similar to the items that, no, it's not similar. It is. So the items that you put in your suitcase, right? When you're going traveling, your favorite items. I want you to think of how you feel in those items. They're reliable, they are your best friend. Like you, like you know, you look fantastic in them, you know that they will not let you down. Like there is a feeling of kind of like the ride or die feeling. So when you put on things in the store, that's the feeling I'm looking for. And I I think I can be a little bit harsh with this. So this is definitely going to be kind of of a range that you're going to have to find out for yourself. I I think sometimes uh, we'll put things back when really, I probably would have worn it, but just because I didn't, I couldn't decipher if I really felt that feeling but that feeling is that that ride or die where you know in three years you're going to absolutely love this you know like you'll go and start we've all done this where we go in a store we put something on and we're like done like you don't care about anything you're like this is it like this is a hundred percent it is you're not doubting you're not swaying back and forth you're like this is mine and i know it's mine so when you're shopping Be mindful on if you have that feeling or not. Are you getting it just because it's cute? Are you getting it because you know that it's going in your favorites? It's going with you if you travel and you're going to wear it over and over and over and over and over again. With that, you know, that getting having that feeling or, um, you know, being selective with what you're bringing home, it's really all about having pride in your purchases. Are you proud when you come home of everything that you bought? Are you proud to bring it in your home? Are you? like proud of this thing. When you look at it in your closet, you're going to be like, oh, that was such a good purchase. Like, oh, that is my, that is my ride or die. You know, having pride in your purchases is going to be kind of a, um, a theme as we talk about anything that we're purchasing throughout this whole episode, but like, keep mindful of that and, and be diligent and responsible when, in, when things are in your closet that you don't feel proud of anymore. If you're not wearing something anymore, then, it, it really doesn't belong there. It's crowding your brain space. It's uh, cluttering, cluttering your closet. And it could, you know, think of it, okay, I can, okay, I, I do this a lot, whether when I'm shopping or when I am going through my closet, um, if I pick something up in my closet that I'm thinking of getting rid of and I feel, I'm like, oh, you know, you always get that feeling I might wear it, you know, uh, one thing might come, but I'm like, sir, you haven't worn that in a year and a half. Like there's, you've gone through every season and you still have not worn that. You're not going to wear it again, but sometimes I feel guilty. But I always say, I'm like, this, this will be somebody else's ride or die. This can, you know, this garment, whatever it is, will be loved a lot better in someone else's closet. And that makes it much easier to, easier to let go. Same with if I am in the dressing room and I have something that I know I'm never going to wear. And I know like it won't be incorporated into my like daily wardrobe or anything like that, but I'm like, Oh, it's so cute. I know I'm not going to wear it, but like, what if I just bought it anyway, blah, blah, blah. And I immediately look at it and I'm like, this will be loved in somebody else's closet a lot more than mine. And that makes me feel a lot better. Um, And also just being responsible. Like don't just throw away clothing, you know, donate it to shelters, donate it to Goodwill, or make sure that, um, you know, make sure we aren't adding to the waste problem um, as we're doing this. Something else that was super key to me shopping. And then I promise the other ones will be shorter, but uh, there's a, a lot of like practices that I've had over the years with the wardrobe stuff, but we're almost done. So something else that's really helped is understanding the colors I lean towards. I won't wear anything purple, not because I don't like purple, like purple's fine. I literally don't wear it. I've, I I took a look at my closet. Okay. So this was so funny because when I took everything out and I looked at my like favorites, all of my favorites were like blues in like, like denims type of thing. Whites. I knew I loved white t-shirts. So that made sense. Creams. Um, and then some very, very little faded reds. And that's, oh, and um, uh, like an army green, an army green. I had a lot of army green. And I was like, okay, these are my colors. Like that, you know, I know I'm not going to wear anything that's purple. I know I'm not going to wear anything that's orange. I do not own a purple or orange thing right now. Mm, I have like something that's almost like a maroon, purple-ish thing, kind of faded. But anyway, like these, I just know I'm not going to wear those colors. So that makes shopping a whole lot easier. And knowing if some, if I bring something home, if I'm going to wear it last thing with a minimal wardrobe, one of the questions that people ask a lot is like, you know, does it include all your, like every season? Um, I don't, I don't, you know, when you're first getting into like a minimalist wardrobe and you look it up on Pinterest, a lot of like guides have like a certain number of shirts, a certain number of pants. I don't do that. I don't keep like a number. I'm only allowed 25 items or whatever. I think visually, you know, I have this one like rack in my closet. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's my my where my clothes go and if that starts to overflow then i know we have we're getting to you know have too many clothes but as far as like seasons go no this does not you know not all of your seasonal items have to stay there in fact i really don't think they should so for every i live in south carolina we have two seasons it's either hot as hell or a mild winter that i think still sucks so I have like winter, we don't don't really have a fall or a spring. Our fall or spring lasts about a week. Um, And so I've got my two wardrobes. So whenever, you know, summer comes along, all of my winter coats, all of my sweaters, things that I don't, like I'm not gonna wear in the summer, go into the bin and that goes into the guest closet, which is where I store the like extra items. Um, Then when winter comes, I take that bin out. I get all my winter items out, and then the summer clothes go in there. This accomplishes a couple things. One, it feels like I'm shopping every season uh, because I forget what I own. You genuinely forget that you have things, and you get very excited about it. Um, And it just allows for like a closet refresh, and it saves closet room. Like there's no reason why I should have a parka in my closet when it's June. All right, so that was rule number one. We really, really pounded like the the wardrobe thing. So. Next thing, as far as minimalist practices, things that you can sort of adopt for your household to make life easier. Here's your next rule. Next thing, everything has a basket. Literally, I have established that if it doesn't have a container, it literally doesn't even, like it's going to be lost. It's going to be put somewhere else. And we're slowly adopting this in the house. Because here's the thing. Would it be great if I could have an unlimited supply of the container store, put every single thing in my house in a basket, have clear little containers for my linen closet, have my entire pantry perfectly organized 100%. But you know what? I don't have thousands of dollars to do that. So this is a slow practice, but it's just something to keep in mind. And so I've been slowly like gathering baskets and containers for the linen closet. You know, it's it, everything should have something that it gets put in. This makes it so much easier to keep your place clean, to find things and practice smart organization. So when you are organizing everything, don't force a place on something that if you don't naturally put it there, for example, like we drop our mail mail in the same place on the corner of the counter every single day. And I would love to have a little mail station, little mail holder in my office that's kind of away like not in the kitchen, but we that's not what we do and if I were to establish that that would then require a behavior change that would make that whole like system a lot harder. I don't want to make things harder. I want to make things easy. So instead I just find where Like, okay, where do I naturally put this? And then how can I make that more purposeful? So I look for a container or some sort of, you know, thing to hang on the wall, right next to the counter, something that we can then put the mail in to keep it organized. So we're not losing things, but it's still in the place that we are generally sitting that every single time. And we're not having to change that behavior. Okay. Next rule. I think we're on rule number three. If there's a surface, it does not need to be covered. So when we moved in together, um, and Joseph and I have very different, like very different styles that we're actually merging together, like very well, I think. Um, but we, uh, you know, I kind of come, I've been described as clinical. My first apartment had like minimal furniture. It had all white walls and it looked like a apartment, like staging room. Um, and I had like nothing, there was nothing on any surface, and then he has a much more like, you know, he he understands like knickknacks and having a shelf that has like little things on it or having a table and you put some sort of decor item on, which I can appreciate. I just never do. Um, so blending, that's a little bit hard. <laughs> so when when you're looking at a surface, table, counter, whatever, it does not need to be covered. And here's my general rule to make it so it's not clinical, but you are also not getting cluttered. In my head, if you look at a surface, 80% of the space should be visible, maybe 75%, but generally 80% of that space should be visible. If you are styling a table or something like that, as like blank space, blank surface, keeps everything very clean, very tidy, Keeps your brain space nice and decluttered. And a way to do this is being purposeful with your decor. There's a difference between like purposeful decor and clutter. Use the items that, you know, whatever you're putting on that surface, have them actually have a purpose in your home. So for instance, your entryway table, you know, you might style like a beautiful bowl on the table. Well, that bowl might also be in the place where you always drop your keys. So it serves a purpose. You are making your space more tidy. You aren't creating a behavior change. You're creating a, you know, a place for your keys to go and you have a nice stylized table. We are all guilty of having just crap that we drop on counters and tables. And if we see a surface, we literally drop something on it. This kind of rule and being purposeful with, you know, if you drop something on a counter, mail, keys, whatever, having a place for that, it keeps everything super tidy and makes it so you're not constantly going back behind yourself and picking a bunch of crap up all day, every day. All right. Rule number four, we're going back to shopping, taking pride in your items. Here's a rule. Okay. Don't buy anything. If you can't immediately assign its place in the house, immediately tj maxx is sin city for this all right you pick something up and it's adorable and oh listen it's all cute if i go into joanna gaines section of target good god it's fabulous and and that's great like i could pick something up and it's adorable but if i can't look at it and say i know exactly where this is going to go in my house it's not going into my house and i'm i'm the kind of person that's i'm i'm a little bit on the extreme where in my head, I'm like, literally, if it does not have a purpose, I do not want it. If it is just a decor item that sits there, I don't want it. I'm an interior decorator's nightmare, and I'm working on that. (laughs) But, But, you know, it doesn't always have to have a purpose, but it always has to have a place. You have to know exactly where you're going to put it. It's not a figure out it out later. It's not a, it's too cute. I have to bring it home. Look at the item. Again, just because you leave it on the shelf does not mean it's it's going to stop being cute or have, like, it will, you know, if you need to process it through your mind, that will be loved in someone else's home where they have a place for it. You can, I will, I have done this before where I'm like, I don't have a place for this. I don't have a purpose for this. And I know I shouldn't buy it. So I'm just literally going to hold it. Um, as I'm walking around the store and I'm going to put it back because like, I just want my time with the item. And that also allows me to determine if it's something that I truly need or not. If I'm going back and forth, I'll just hold it. Like I'll have it in my cart or whatever. And then at the end, you can decide what you are actually willing to take home. Next one. I feel like now I'm like breezing through them after we like hounded on the wardrobe one. Okay. You don't need 12 different household cleaners and you don't need like a hundred of literally everything in your home. You need your staples and then you stick with them. So this, this seems easy, but here's, here's what I'm, I'm meaning when I talk about this, you know, when you go on Instagram and you see these like Instagram homes and everything seems to be on theme, like literally down to their stapler is on theme. Now, obviously those people, that's their job. They have a very large budget and we're probably gifted a lot of those items. And that's why their house looks like that. But I was like, I want my house to look like that. I want my house to look like Pinterest, but I also don't want to spend thousands of dollars just like redoing everything that I have. And, but I was like, this isn't hard to achieve. However, with some, some simple like practices. So one, everything has a purpose keeping with that theme, everything that you have, have as a purpose. You notice like when you look at these homes, it's not like crap everywhere. Like you can look at each thing and you know, like why it's there either stylistically or just logically, you know, as they're living, whatever, everything has a purpose. So that was one rule. Uh, second thing, you don't have to have multiples of items if you don't need them. Like, you don't, there's, you know, you'll have things and it's usually because we lose things because we don't have a place for items that we just randomly have 1200 nail clippers. We don't, we don't need that. I, that's one of ours actually. Like, I think for whatever reason, we've got possibly like 12, like sets of nail clippers. No, you don't, you don't need that find the one that works the absolute best. You probably, if you have a bunch of items, you probably have a favorite that you go to anyway. That's your staple. That's your ride or die. And stick with that. Next thing, as we are trying to achieve like this Instagram home without having a large budget or, you know, being insane, uh, use the same care in picking out your spatula as you do picking out a party dress. This goes back to taking pride in your items. So I, and, and, you know, this might seem all of this, you know, to somebody else, this might seem extreme or neurotic or whatever, but if you're listening to this, chances are you're interested in this type of minimal minimalist lifestyle. And you can feel that warm, fuzzy feeling that I feel when I look on Pinterest and you see these like beautifully curated homes. I'm like, I want, I want this and I want my house to feel like it's mine. Like I know where everything is and everything is pretty so. What I mean by taking the same care as picking out your spatula? when say you say, say you're shopping for a spatula, say you go out, you know, don't just go and get the first plastic crap spatula that you see just because you you know. you know, no, no. even though it's just a spatula, like pick out the one that you love. Pick out one that will last you for years. Pick out one that isn't going to be in a goodwill pile two years from now have, you know, you might have like a theme. I love neutrals. That's probably not a surprise if you literally look at anything that I wear, but I love neutrals. So I want to bring things that come, like bring things into my home that fit like that neutral pattern. And this not, this isn't just because we want a Pinterest looking home. This is because we want to take pride in everything that we have. You know, it's a good thing to want to take care of your things, to be proud of everything that you have, because, Otherwise, like, you know, we're in this society that it's very materialistic and we have crap everywhere and we just buy things and buy things and we don't really put much thought behind it. This isn't being, um, I guess, uh, what materialistic, you know, this isn't being like, oh, like I have to, if it's not cute, like, I don't want to, this is having this being thoughtful about everything that you're bringing into your home. Okay. Last one in our like minimal lifestyle adopting practices, minimalism, meal planning. You guys, if you follow me on TikTok, like I've got so many videos on my TikTok and I even have more coming on my exact meal plan system. And you might be like, what do you like, how literally, how does, how does this have anything to do with minimalism? Well, it's like, I don't want to spend that. Okay. It's brain space guys. I don't want to spend that energy thinking about like what am I going to have for dinner or whatever. I don't want to have go like go to the grocery store and get a bunch of things without knowing exactly like what what they're going to go for when I'm going to eat them. Like, why am I bringing them into my home? Pride in all of your purchase. Ooh, pride in all of your purchases. Even down to your groceries. Uh, If you want, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole like system. If you want, if you want a dedicated episode on like my meal planning system, if you have more questions, once you've like seen those TikToks and you want like something more in depth, one, go to our last Instagram post, let me know that you want it, and then let me know any questions like that you like want to know things that I'm not addressing in, you know, the like minute and 30 second TikTok that I could help you with in a full podcast episode. Let me know if you want that, but my, so my meal planning system was developed with a couple things in mind. So one, I wanted to minimize that decision time with what we were eating. I don't like, like, you know, we just stare at each other and we're like, what are we eating? Like, I hate it. I, who, who likes that? It is frustrating for literally everyone. So I I wanted to minimize that Two. I didn't want pantry clutter. I didn't want fridge clutter. Like I wanted to know everything I bought will be consumed and nothing's going to go to waste. I don't want a bunch of crap. Like it's stressful when you open your fridge and you've got so much food and yet you have nothing to eat. I hate that feeling. So I want to make sure that everything I bring in my fridge it's or my pantry or whatever, it has some sort of purpose. And when I buy things in the grocery store, Every, every single thing has a purpose. When I do my grocery hauls, um, I, if you said, you know, what that's, what is that for? Why did you buy that? What did, why did you buy that? Every single thing, nothing has a, Oh, this just looked good. Not that anything's wrong with that, but it, this practice makes it so I'm not buying a ton of things that are eventually going to get thrown away. For instance, Um, like if, you know, I'm doing my grocery hauls, I pick up my Greek yogurt. What's that for? It's for my smoothies bananas. That's for my smoothies. Oh, that yellow onion is for the, uh, pot pie that we're going to be making on Tuesday. That zucchini is for the whatever dish that we're making on Thursday. Like every single thing I know exactly when it's going to be consumed. So that minimizes waste it minimizes stress and it minimizes the clutter. That's going to be, you know, even down to my refrigerator. So let's do a quick recap because listen, I talk a lot and we went over a lot. So here's the thing. Here's a, here's our, I think it did six, was it six, one, two, three, four? Five. Yes. Six rules about, and six practices that we are going to adopt to have a lazy ass guide, lazy ass minimalism in our home. So first thing, First thing is curating our minimalist wardrobe. That it means something different to you, but making sure that everything in our closet is is something that we love, and we are only keeping the items that are our favorites and that we'll take on vacation. Practice rule whatever number two. Everything has a basket. Really, that's everything has a place. If it you know can be put in a container, it should be put in a container. That's one that I that one I know sound like super neurotic. I want you to try it and then thank me later. I mean, literally even like opening drawers, I want a basket or a container in the drawer for where each item is going to be placed in that drawer. Again, possibly neurotic, but I want you to try it and then decide if I'm insane. Number three, if there is a surface, it does not need to be covered. We're going to, we're going to use that 80%, maybe 70% uh, rule and anything that's being put on a surface has a purpose. Um, there is a difference between clutter and purposeful decor. So, keeping that in mind as we are decorating our space. Number four, we're not going to buy anything if we cannot immediately assign a place in our home for it. Listen, yeah, I used to work at TJ Maxx. I, I know. I know the tricks, you know, that, um, like front area that you have to walk through to get to the register that has all the crap that you immediately want to put in your basket. That was my section. I was literally trained on how to stock that in a way that makes people buy it. It's down to a psychological, like science, everything is in TJ Maxx is on purpose and you would not believe how, how much stock they go through in a day. There is no other retailer that I've like worked at that has to replenish their stock like they do. Anyway, but we're not buying anything if we do not immediately know where it's gonna be put in the house and the purpose that it's going to have. Number five, we are not going to have 12 different anything. We're not going to keep multiples just for the sake of keeping multiples. If everything has a place, then we know exactly where it is. We don't have to have a bunch of things and everything has a purpose. We're going to use that same care when you're picking out a spatula as you're picking out a party dress keeping pride in all of the purchases down to you know your kitchen utensils down to the tape that you are buying if it's being brought in the house it has to go through that same test and you have to be proud of every i don't want to say you have to you don't have to do anything don't if you, you don't have to fucking listen to anything i say if you're listening to the, this podcast episode do what the fuck you want but <laughs> uh, but if you want to follow the rule That's the rule. Like if you need some people need hard lines, there's your hard line. If you don't want a hard line, you want to rebel, then don't do anything I say. But if something's being brought in your home, make sure it's something you're proud of. And last thing, practice minimalism, meal planning. If you are going grocery shopping, you know exactly what each item is for. This will save you money, this will save you time, and this will save you brain space and clutter space in your kitchen. There was the rundown. Um, I have, I have like more things, but I thought, you know, I don't want to overwhelm you. Let me just not throw everything on you at once. Uh, if you have any questions again, go to our latest Instagram post, or you can even DM me. Oh, I forgot to say at the beginning of this episode that this was actually a um, topic that was requested by Rachel. Uh, she DM'd us on the Attainable Podcast Instagram and let me know a couple topics that she wanted to hear, which is super helpful. That feedback means so much to me and allows me to make content that is exactly what you want. So Rachel, I hope that this uh, was a great episode for you. Um, and I, all of you, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and this was helpful. Remember, do what the fuck you want. You don't have to listen to everything I say. but if minimalism a like more uh clean organized pinterest aesthetic household is something that you are interested in these can be practices not just like you know this isn't just okay do this do this and it's not going to last you know until you know three months your house is going to look the same this isn't clear your closet once and then next spring it's going to look the same these are practices a way to like change your lifestyle so that these it, it becomes second nature. I don't, it, these things aren't hard anymore, but that's because I made it a practice and something that I've been doing for years. If you enjoyed this podcast, you know what to do. Spotify now has a rating system. I don't think you can do reviews yet, but you can like do five stars. So, because we're besties, you totally should do five stars if you loved it. Um, and what makes a huge, 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 mega super difference in helping share the podcast is one you literally sharing it, go ahead and and take this the little link of this podcast and shoot it to some friends. Uh, Post it on your Instagram stories and tag us so that we can say thank you and also repost you. And then go on Apple Podcasts and rate our podcast and write a review. It means so, so much when you do that. And it helps to boost the podcast on the charts and the higher we are on the charts, the more people listen, the more people listen, the more content I get to create and more opportunities that I get to bring you guys and cool stuff. I want to do some cool stuff. Um, so anyway, I love you guys very, very much. Have a fantastic week. I hope your every day is filled with sunshine and you do something really freaking cool this week. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.